Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. In this episode, we'll be reviewing a bunch of movies. So, here we go. <laughs> the Killing of a Sacred Deer, The Florida Project, Coco, and The Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Ozzy, how you doing? I am doing all right, man. How you doing? How's your day feeling? It was pretty good. How was yours? Oh, yeah, it was nice, you know? <laughs> was it a friend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess right off the top, we should address, of course, again, the audio quality. Again, we're not at our usual setup. I am still in Florida, so we're kind of doing this the old-fashioned way, so we apologize if it is not up to its usual standards. With that being said... The good thing about me being in Florida is I have way more, way more access to movies. Um, I basically have, for the past couple years now, and this is definitely the case this year, turned it into like a mini film festival for myself because I see so many movies. And two of the four movies that we're going to be talking about in this episode, I, am, I saw myself. So I'm going to be reviewing them myself. Now, of course, we are very much in the thick of Oscar season. So this, a lot of these movies that we're going to be talking about at, at this point in the year are going to be more indie movies or more Oscar contender type movies. As we move into December, that's even more so going to be the case because that's when a lot of studios release those kind of movies. So the first two movies I'm going to talk about are the two that I saw myself. So it's just going to be me. So if you're here for Ozzy, well... Skip ahead. I don't know what to say. <laughs> you have to listen to me <laughs> for now. Um, so I'm going to start with The Killing of a Sacred Deer. And man, this one is hard to explain. Now, I have not seen the trailer for this movie, so I don't really know what they sell you on. And I don't really know how much of the story they give away. So I'm going to be very, very vague with this story when I tell you what this movie is about, because I don't want to give too much away. But basically... There is a surgeon who has some sort of strange relationship with one of either his patients or someone who is related to one of his patients. And we don't quite know what the dynamic between them is. And slowly but surely, the story devolves into this very, very tense thriller slash horror movie where this surgeon is put into an, an impossible situation. That's all I'm going to say. It is by the director who made The Lobster. So if you've seen The Lobster, you know it's going to be a weird movie, and it definitely is that. And it stars Colin Farrell, and I'm going to pull up the other main actor's name, but Nicole Kidman is also in it. She plays his wife. And there's the boy who is like the main, I guess you would say, antagonist in this movie. I'll pull up his name in a second, but he is fantastic. Now... Performances-wise, I'm going to start positive as always. Performances-wise, like I said, it's impeccable. I mean, Colin Farrell is fantastic. Nicole Kidman, I mean, she's a gift to humanity. She's great in everything she's in, basically. And uh, uh, as I said, the kid is really good as well. I'm going to pull him up right now. Um, but 
the tension. It's that's what I do want to talk about because once this movie kicks in, once the tension kicks in, it does not let you go. And this movie is eerie. It is disturbing, and it just keeps you on the freaking edge of your seat the entire time. And I really, really enjoy this movie once it gets going. Now, once I start talking about what I mean by once it gets going, you'll understand where my negatives are coming from. Uh, but I, I really, I think the best way I can describe this movie and its overall tone, because it has a very strange tone, a tone that I ended up appreciating, but I think it's going to keep a lot of people away from this movie and ultimately dissuade a lot of people from liking this movie. The way I would describe this movie is that it's, it's quirky. Now that's not usually a word you hear applied to horror slash thriller movies, right? So it's it's really strange. It's a it's a very offbeat. The characters don't really talk and feel like it's not going for realism. It's not going for realistic characters. But at the same time, like it's just it's a horror movie. So it's something that we're not. I'm not, I wasn't used to seeing it. It's a quirky horror movie. Normally, like I said, you would apply that to like kind of lower budget or indie comedies or comedy slash drama movies. This is not that. It's such a strange tone. And if you like weird movies, you're going to be into this. If you don't, I think the tone might throw you off a little bit. Um, but like I said, overall, I just really, really enjoyed and had fun with this movie. Alicia Silverstone is also in this movie. Uh, she was... Okay, she has a really weird role. Um, but the kid's name is Barry Kerrigan. And I recognize him from something. Hold on, I'm going to pull up. Uh, he's in Dunkirk. That's what he's in. I, rec- I knew I recognized him from something. He's in Dunkirk this year. He is... He's on another level in this movie. I could totally see him getting an Oscar nod in this movie. I could see quite a few Oscar nods for performances in this movie. So this is definitely one to keep an eye out for performances-wise. I Again, I think the tone of the movie is going to throw a lot of people off, including Academy voters. Uh, let me talk negatives. The first act of this movie is very slow. There's no way around it. It is extremely slow. It takes very, very long for this movie to get going and actually get into the meat of the story. So that's something to be aware of. But like I said, once it got going, I was fine. It really kicks in, so it didn't really matter to me. And the last thing I said, and the last negative that I really have, the biggest negative I guess I have, I Colin Farrell's our main protagonist, I guess you would say. He's the character we're following. But it's there's not really anybody in here that I super wanted to root for. There's not many relatable, super relatable characters in this movie. And not every movie needs relatable characters. But this is definitely a case where I feel like the tension would have even risen to another level. Even though it was great, the tension would have been risen to an, or been brought up to another level if there were more characters that I actually cared about. Um, there's nobody that really, because it's so quirky and offbeat, there's nobody that really feels like someone I would actually know or talk to. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a negative for me. And to bring it real quick back to a positive, because I know this will get your attention, Ozzy, the cinematography in this movie is... It's ridiculous. <laughs> the the stuff that they do in this movie, it's like honestly, who come, I I was sitting there like who came up with this shot because I never like 
I swear the camera is always moving in this movie, and it's not like Flash, like where you know those CW shows where it's basically like circling everybody having a conversation. It's more, it feels more Sorkin-like, where you're kind of people are walking and talking, but it's not the traditional that kind of shot where it's walking and talking, and we're kind of just following it, like you know, panning, and really, it's really like bland. Like it would follow them from like really far back, and you'd be seeing this entire hallway. It's just I'm, I'm telling you, it's very unique in its cinematography and the way this movie is shot and framed. So that's something I think cinephiles in general, you're going to like this movie, uh, and for the performances as well, even if you can't get on with the tone. So you saw you saw the beguiled. Um, yes. I wonder which like I wonder. How do you think the chemistry is between Nicole Kidman and Colin Farrell in this movie compared to the Begotten? It's very different. Uh, they they're very different relationships in the, the respective movies. I have more issues with the Beguiled just as a script, um, but and how their relationship ultimately is written in that movie. But ultimately, they have good chemistry. It's just their chemistry is allowed to blossom in this movie a little bit better because they're married in this movie, so it works a little bit better. Um, but again, neither of them are the problem with the beguiled. Which even I kind of like the beguiled. So whatever. Uh, I don't think we ever talked about the beguiled on this podcast, did we? I think we did. Did we? Did you see it? No, I don't think I saw it. But I think you reviewed it. I, yeah, you're probably right. I probably did. All right. Anyway, my rating for this movie is it's going to be an eight. I think this is a great movie. It's got it's definitely got issues, and it's not a movie for everybody. But I really, at the end of the day. This is a great movie with brilliant performances and just a very unique and fascinating script. It really is. And it's shot as well. Uh, obviously, I talked about that. So it's just, it's a great movie. And I highly recommend it if you do get a chance to see it. I think this is one that aspects of this movie we're going to be talking about come nomination time. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Now I'm going to be moving on to... A movie that is much even better than this than what I just talked about, and that is the Florida Project. The Florida Project is one that I think definitely is going to be one that we're going to be talking about for Oscar season. Like, there's no mites about it. This movie is fantastic. It might, uh, I w- it would be a tough race between a movie that we're going to be talking about in our next episode and this and this movie for best any movie of the year. But this is definitely up there because. This movie, it's just awesome. I love this movie. I really do. So I'm going to basically describe what this movie is about because nobody has heard of this movie, and that is fine. The Florida Project, basically, it takes place in the, uh, I want to say, I don't don't know if this is like not politically correct or whatever, but it basically takes place in the ghetto of Orlando. That's just, uh, that. that's what it is. It takes place at these very, very trashy motels that people live at, but aren't technically supposed to be, quote-unquote, living at because they're motels. Um, and there's tons of people there who are doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And it basically follows these kids who are growing up and living in this area. Growing up right in the shadow of Disneyland, but it's, or Disney World, but it is the very trashy shadow of Disney World. And... It mostly follows this one kid and her mom, or yeah, and her mom, who basically she she doesn't have any income, she doesn't have a job, so she resorts to other things. 
to make money, and sometimes she uses her daughter for that, and sometimes she doesn't. And this movie is heartbreaking. It is... It is really gruesome and dirty and hard-to-watch filmmaking, but it is extremely necessary filmmaking. I... This movie is emotionally impacting, and it is something that is going to stick with me for a while because it is so emotionally impacting. Um, this is... I'm going to get into positives straight away. Performances-wise, I think there's definitely tons in there I that you are going to... The kids... These are the best child performances I've seen all year. I mean, I don't know any of these kids' names, but I think we might start to remember some of these kids' names because they are really, really good. The girl who plays the mom, let me pull up her name right now. She... <laughs> she is it, it's uh, this movie is not a comedy at all but it she has some funny moments where you're just like this is horrible but it's a weird situation so I'm kind of laughing at it but I'm still like what are you doing to your child <laughs> um it is just amazing this is Willem Dafoe Willem Dafoe's in this movie he's probably the name in this movie he's the biggest name this is his best performance I've seen in a long time from Willem Dafoe. And I know he hasn't been in too much, and what he's in, he's kind of just like, oh, it's Willem Dafoe. But this is, like, reminding everybody why he became famous in the first movie. I mean, he's he's amazing in this movie. Um, the main girl, her name is Brooklyn Prince. She's going to, again, she's going to be someone to remember. Um, Christopher Rivera is one of the other kids. He's really good as well. There's just, there's so, I'm telling you, there's so many freaking people in this movie. Uh, Sandy Kane is the girl who plays the mom, and she's the one that I think could get be getting some buzz for supporting, she might be, I don't know, but uh, th this is, if if none of these performances are talked about at all, I think it'll be a shame, It's and it'll just be because it's an indie movie that's not going to get much backing when it comes to money and the Oscars, which is unfortunate that it works like that, but it is what it is, um, and I want to talk about the emotion, because this movie takes you on a journey, and it is through the perspective, this it is told through the perspective of these kids, which is the fascinating part of it, and I, I went to go see this movie with my brother, and his, mo his biggest complaint was that there wasn't much of a story. I disagree, <laughs> and I wish Enrique was here to argue with me about it, but I disagree because... The story is there. It's just not in the forefront. The story is in the background, and it's told through these kids' perspectives, and it's just their daily lives, and it feels really grounded in that aspect because it feels like we're just watching these kids live. And it's very well written because it feels very much like kids growing up in this situation would talk and would see the world. And even the big moments in this movie feel like they're just kind of happening, and the movie itself is not processing them. But in my mind, that works, because when you're a kid, you don't necessarily process the bad things that are happening in the world. If your mom's selling herself for her body, if she's selling her body, you, you're probably not, as a child, you're not going to recognize what she's doing. It's going to be happening, and you're going to be semi-aware of it, but you're not going to think, oh, this is wrong, this is definitely what she's doing. You're not going to be able to piece that together. And because the movie's told through their perspective, that's kind of how we experience this movie. There's horrible things happening, but the movie almost just doesn't really address it and doesn't really fully process it. 
there's a scene in this movie that kind of happens in the background. Like, it happens, but we don't really dwell on it, where this older guy comes and shows up at the motel and starts talking to the kids. And Willem Dafoe's character, who plays the manager at this motel, he goes out there and basically throws the guy out and tells him, never come back again. We move on, never addressed again. And the kids just kind of looking like, what, what's the problem? Obviously, as mature viewers, we know what the problem with this situation was. But the movie doesn't necessarily process it because it's through the perspective of these kids. It, I'm telling you, this movie, it's so... Like, if you just look at what's happening, it is freaking messed up. But the way it's, it's able to be told is just... It's truly fascinating. Now... Let me move into negatives. The ending of the movie is going to throw a lot of people off. It really, really goes in a weird direction. Now, not a super weird direction. It's just it becomes really stylized at the end, and it just kind of, boom, that's the end of movie over. I didn't necessarily mind it, but it's definitely going to throw a lot of people off, and I don't think it was handled as well as it probably could have. Um... That's really my only negative for this movie. I think this movie is a freaking masterpiece. Um, I understand that there's going to be people just like my brother who are like, nothing happened. I completely disagree. And if you see this movie, which you should, we can talk about it. But I'm going to rate this movie, and I'm going to give this movie a 9.5. This movie is amazing. It is a masterpiece, and it's one of the best of the year, period. Is, it, is that your highest rated so far? No, Dunkirk is higher than it. And... No, I think Detroit's lower than it. I'm not 100% sure, but I would have to look. Okay. So, yes. See this movie when you can. <laughs> Ozzy. <laughs> so, now we can move on, and Ozzy, you can start us off with Coco, because you Yay. like this movie more than I did, and I love this movie, but you have, you seem to love this movie even to a higher degree. Dude, I, I was absolutely <laughs> in love so, with Coco. I was, take it away. I love Coco. Coco was great. It was. It's a great movie. Um, it's about this. It's about this kid who. Um, it's about this kid who, who's, who's basically his family makes shoes as a living. It's a family business. They've been in the business for a long time. He's different. He doesn't want. He doesn't want to make shoes. He wants to play music, and his family's super against it. So it's about him really going on an adventure to really find his path, and it's. Um, you know, it's about him. You know, meeting up with his former ancestors because it does take place in Mexico. It does deal with um, the Day of the Dead. So it's it's a really different Pixar movie, and it's a unique Pixar movie, and I'll say it's one of the more mature Pixar movies, if I'm being honest with you, because there are some dark themes in this movie that I was like, I cannot believe a Pixar movie is even touching this, but it's great. Um, I absolutely love this movie, and I think that they got the culture down. Um, yes, I completely so agree with down, because I was, yeah. I was laughing because I knew I know the culture, you know, I know some of the culture that was going down. Um, I'm not Mexican, but I know the culture because I have Mexican friends, so I'm be, like, I was laughing at some of the stuff that was going down. A lot of it's just Hispanic yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah, the way the, stuff, the, you know? the way it's the great. grandma <laughs> acts is very much like that's my grandma. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, it was. It's super great just to just to see that on screen and just to get a different culture on screen from an animated movie. I found extremely unique. Yes. And extremely refreshing and, and exciting. So I was extremely on board with this movie. Um, starting with the voice cast, Anthony Gonzalez, he plays uh, he plays Miguel, plays the kid. I thought he did great. Um, Good singing voice. Really, yes, great singing voice. I want to see more of him. I think he's really talented. And I think the whole entire cast is really good. I mean, I think the big name here is Benjamin Bratt. 
Um, he's Ernesto de la Cruz. So you didn't know that. Um, I mean, you have. I mean, these are lower actors. I mean, Gabriel Iglesias is a clerk. Is a clerk, and so he's in it. But I mean, you have. I think the whole voice cast is amazing. Um, one of the things that stands out to me is definitely the animation. This is one of the best animated pictures that picture has done, if not the the best. It is really, Ooh. really good. I was um, thinking about that while I was watching it because it is great. You are it right. Is, it is amazing. I mean, I think <sighs> I think some of the best. The best that I've seen is from them was uh, definitely the Good Dinosaur. Good whether, dinosaur. whether or not you like the movie, it had some of the best animation yes. on there. That's um, what I was thinking. Like Good Dinosaur is probably the bar for me. I mean, even a movie that's not the best in Cars Three was great in it in the animation area, but Good Dinosaur to me is probably still the standard. And this this bumps up right up against it. I don't know. I would I have, have to think to about see, it. I have, yeah. to see, I have to see Good Dinosaur again. Yeah, true. Um, I, this the animation. This was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, really spectacular. And I absolutely loved it. I, I've been speaking on it. On no, it you're much. good. So, Dude, uh, I just talked for like 15 minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> this movie, yes, it is surprisingly emotional. There is times in this movie where I'm like, Oh man, like I got to a point where I was like, you know, this has been pretty emotional, but it's not like as emotional as some Pixar movies have gotten. But then, it, like, it finishes strong. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> where it's like, all right, you got me there. Uh, it's it definitely is able to hit those chords, the chords that Pixar knows how to hit. How you know how they know how to hit these kind of chords, right? And the music is great. I wish there would have been a little more of it, which is something I'll talk about a little bit later, but the music is definitely great. And the story is really good. I'm not going to say it's great. And that's uh, that's where I think we might divulge a little bit. But the story is good, not great in my opinion. Um, but I, you talking about the performances and the voice acting and all that. I want to talk about the characters because these characters are pretty well fleshed out. And that's something that I think a lot of animated movies can struggle with sometimes is creating kind of flat, one-dimensional characters. And I don't think that's the case here. I think that a lot of these characters, especially our lead in, what's his name, Miguel? Yes. Miguel, I think he is very fleshed out. We get a lot of hints at um, stuff with uh, Hector, who he's the one who kind of helps him on his journey. Um... And I, I really enjoyed his character, and we get a lot of depth there. And even with the family who are kind of in the background or pushed to the background in this movie, there's a lot there. And the titular character, the or the character whose name is on the movie, who, you, I mean, that's not really a spoiler, but it's, it's the great-great-grandma who's the title character. Mm-hmm. And I, she doesn't have many lines. But, man, they flesh her out with, like, no lines. It's incredible what they were able to do with her character. It's like, you really care about her? With, literally, she speaks for, like, maybe a minute or two in this movie. That's it. It's incredible. It really is. And you care so much just off that little bit. And I do want to also mention the mythology. Because I have one problem with it, which I will mention in the negatives, but overall, it was just fascinating, and I know people are like, there, there's some stop-motion movie that I haven't seen that people are like, oh, it's the same thing. I don't care. I'm just basing it off this movie, and I found it fascinating in this movie. Um, so I really enjoyed the mythology for the most part here. 
Uh, I keep joking that my dog is now my spirit guide, and I will stand by that fact. Dobby, you're my spirit guide. Oh, <laughs> uh, do you have what other positives you got, or you want to move on? Yeah, man, I, I will say that the mythology in this movie is very interesting, very fleshed out. I really enjoy the mythology, the mythology in this movie, and like again, I'll say like I really enjoyed seeing the different culture. You know, yeah, seeing that it's very unique that we get to see a movie, an animated movie like this, actually. Um, so it just shows kids in the different yeah. parts of the world and everything. So I really like that. I really went into that specific holiday. Um, I also like the fact that this family, that, that the, that the movie is really centered around family. Yes. I thought that was very interesting. That's the ultimate theme of it. Yes. Yeah. But I thought it was very interesting yes. to yeah. see that they would really go back in time. And I absolutely loved how he was interacting with his, uh, ancestors i thought it was really funny to see yeah. that uh again very unique honestly um and i like the songs in this movie i like the music in this movie i think i i will say i wish we got a little bit more of it yes. but i think it was really good mm -hmm. really good uh all right you want to move on to negatives yeah i'll let you take it away. <laughs> <laughs> um no but i i just want to talk first uh i'll go small debate <laughs> the small thing that i want to mention with the mythology that it's just, it's a very, it's a minor thing that I was just, like, thinking about. I'm like, how did this work? Like, okay, so basically how the mythology works in this movie is for you to cross over to the land of the living and see your descendants on the Day of the Dead, you, someone has to put your picture up, right? For, and that, that means they're remembering you, right? They, they're putting the picture up on the Day of the Dead so you can cross over and see them or whatever, right? That's how this movie works. How did it work before pictures? That's just the one thing where I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, it just didn't quite make it. Like, I was just thinking about it like, how does this, like, pictures are a relatively recent invention, like photog photographs. I mean, I mean, I can argue with the fact that, like, okay, like, if the, if the stories, because they also mentioned, like, okay, if people stop telling your stories, then that was a way. Then... That, that was a way because you would see because there wasn't necessarily like a picture of, of one of the characters on there but one of the characters was still telling their stories that's how they were able to carry on still they were able to live in like quote unquote live in the land of the dead yes. but crossing over that's how how they crossed over was with the pictures like not, like they would even do that scam thing at the I don't know it's just it's a small detail it's, I'm not, I don't want to dwell on it I'm I mean, just I, saying I mean, I, I'm just saying it, it doesn't like, quite it like, add up it could be like an update it could be like an updated we just we caught the updated version yeah <laughs> it's kind of just like new computers we don't use them anymore you can't go through it if you don't add it fair so enough it's probably all right <laughs> I just, it was just something I was like that was bothering me while I was watching I was like how did this work like a hundred years ago anyway <laughs> Um, Story-wise, um, I, I know we talked about this slightly after. I found it a little, like, every beat was pretty predictable for me. They want you to think one thing, and I thought it, like, ten minutes before we actually discover it. And then they want you to think another thing, and then I thought it, like, thirty minutes before it, it actually is shown to us. I think it's very telegraphed in that, in that respect. Now, that might just be... You know, more or some moviegoers are going to be like that, and some moviegoers aren't. I know. I mean, our friend Jack, he is very good and, in a sense, bad at predicting movies because he will watch the movie and he will whisper to whoever's next to him how it's going to end, and that's how it ends. Like he's right because he's good at predicting those things. And there's people who are like that, and I get that. For me, at least, and I'm just talking about me, and I think there's going to be some people who are going to go. The story's rather predictable, and 
I would agree on that front. I think it is a little predictable, and it's pretty linear in that respect. Um, but that's really my biggest thing. I mean, I want more music. That's another small thing. Um, the music that we got was really interesting. I wish we would have gotten more of Miguel in particular playing music. I think there was like one or two full scenes that we got of him with music. I wanted more to see. And I wanted more build up to him playing music because it's basically like we're thrown into the movie and he knows how to play music. And that, that's fine for this movie, but I, I wish we would have... I, I think the movie could have been like 10 minutes longer. So, yeah. Uh, and then the only other thing I would say is not really a negative and it's not really fair to the movie, so I'm not really holding this quote-unquote against the movie. It doesn't reach the heights emotionally that other Pixar's have reached, Pixar movies have reached before, and this is something that you brought up. I did not bring this up. You brought it up, and I completely disagree with you. that it, You said it's better than Inside Out, and I think that is absolutely no, ridiculous. I think your mom brought it up. I think it was either you or your mom who brought it up. because you just, I was like, Oh, you're right. My mom did say after the movie, uh, that she thought Inside Out was better, and I was like, well, clearly. <laughs> I was like, well, you guys are wrong. <laughs> I really like this movie. Uh, it, it's it's different. But what I, negatives do you have? It's tough, man. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to be nitpicking at this point. Um, yeah, that's fine, nitpick. I mean, there wasn't enough music for me. Yeah. I, wish, I wish there was a lot of music. I particularly didn't find it predictable. Okay. Um, not as much, just because like I was just so invested in the okay. story, so I wasn't thinking about like what's gonna happen ahead. Yeah. Um. So that's 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 that. I will say that some like one of the reasons for one of the characters for still being upset for the other one was kind of stupid. After we after they got like, done explaining it to them, I was like, okay, that's kind of dumb. Yeah. Like, we just come on. <laughs> it's not his fault and I will say that character <laughs> that character's motivation throughout I think was a little strange I get it but I think it was a little strange to me but... yeah I was like hey, come on come on yeah come on. <laughs> we're trying um, not to spoil the movie yeah, sorry yeah, if this yeah, is yeah. annoying you but um, whatever but yeah I mean, there's some there's definitely some character motivations that I really didn't understand like just hers in general but um some extreme stuff with the family in yeah. general like I, I get that the family, like, a huge point of the movie is that the family doesn't like music, but it's like, jeez, like, relax. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, then little character type stuff here and there, but, yeah. Yeah, and I, I do wish that we got some more relationships with some of the, some of the, some of the really living members of the yes. family. Um, we got, we got some, we got some with the ancestors, which, was, don't get me wrong, it was great. Mm-hmm. But I also wish we got some more with the living family members too. I thought I thought that would be really interesting. But that's really it. That's just me. Speaks to the fact that I think this movie could be ten minutes longer. Yeah. You can get some more of that, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see what you rate us. <laughs> I I don't know. What did you have inside out at, by the way? That was was that before we started the podcast? I think so. We did a retro review. You're right. I don't know. Did we rate it? I I don't know if we rated it. I don't remember what I gave it though. All right. Well, anyway, what's uh, this movie? What's Coco? Give me on 9.4. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that is securely in the top 10 of the year. Um, it's not quite there for me. Uh, and I know you're probably going to be like, what? Look, it's a great movie. It's an 
You're absolutely <laughs> atrocious. It's a, what? It's a <laughs> great movie. I'm just you're not. Th- I don't think it's a masterpiece, upper echelon of Pixar. You're not even gonna give it a nine. You're absolutely. It's an eight point nine. Absolutely. Eight point nine. That's where I'm sticking to it. <laughs> eight point nine. Absolutely ridiculous. When did you get that out? Nine point five. Oh my. God. Inside Out is a freaking masterpiece. It's brilliant storytelling. <laughs> it's, okay. it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's great. No, <laughs> you're it's ridiculous. Like, it's like amazing. It is I amazing. Problem, I think the problem with me was the, was the, again I was and it's funny because Carlos and I were talking about this with Stranger Things. I was like, is Stranger Things overhyped? Because I don't I don't see it. And I was like, I guess I got on it before before the before the fandom really started for Stranger Things. Yeah. Which helped us. Which helped us. So the thing, the thing with me with Inside Out was I really didn't, I didn't really feel those emotional hits for Inside Out because I I was looking at it after the fact, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of overhyped for me, but I I still liked it. I liked mm-hmm. it a lot more, and I appreciated it. I actually appreciated it a lot more than Frozen. Yeah. Which is me. Which is you know the big step for me. Yeah. I just I, ultimately, and I I know we're probably going to debate about this movie more as we move forward, and we'll probably have a poll at some point. But ultimately, I just found the themes in Inside Out a lot more complex in this movie, and that's where I would give it mostly the edge. And on top of the fact that, I mean, Inside Out basically just flat out made me cry. Whereas this movie, you mentioned it, and it's true. I was welling up a little bit, but it did not make me cry fully. Whereas Inside <laughs> Out did. On top of the fact that Inside Out just has a lot of interesting things to say about emotions, but whatever. We can talk about that when we decide to debate that movie, or whatever. When we decide to debate them moving forward. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, we'll, we'll have like a, probably have like a, when this movie is out. Yes, exactly. When, it's, when there's more of a wider release. Yes. We'll, have seen, we'll probably have a Inside Out versus Coco, which one's better? Yeah. So we have a poll. All right, well... We're, and speaking Ooh. of debates, Whew. I know we, coming out. we're gonna get into Ooh, it boy. because we got a big movie that um, I think this is a bigger movie that it's not. I, I don't know if it's technically an indie movie. I'd have to look at the budget, but it's not a super well-known movie. But it's def, it's in that middle range, I would say. I absolutely love the poster for this movie for three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, which is the movie we're talking about. I mean, just look at that. Uh, this is not good podcasting, but yes, it is a great poster. <laughs> <laughs> um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. This movie is a movie that's. This is one of those few times where I know the Rotten Tomato score of this movie, and I think. And it's just because, like, I hated this movie, to be honest. I'm just going to come out and say it. I did not like this movie at all. And this movie was like a 90 freaking 5% on Rotten Tomatoes last time I checked. It might have dropped a little bit, but... Let's look at the score now. Um, he's going to pull it up. So I'm definitely in that 5% of people who did not like this movie, but I'm in a, I might even be at the 1% of people who hated this movie, because I really did. Um, I wanted to walk out of this movie at least, definitely once, where I literally almost thought about it, but... At least two other times where I was like, I could definitely... 94. 94%. 94% and 92% audience. Yes. So... Which is interesting, because it beats out Lady Bird when it comes to the audience. I don't care. Lady Bird's friggin' brilliant. I I mean, I... I (laughs) No, I want to see Lady Bird. We'll probably review it uh, next week. Yes. Um, (laughs) But... This movie is one that I don't like, but Ozzy doesn't understand why I don't like it, so Ozzy, why don't you start us with Pause? 
<laughs> no, I, I really don't understand. Um, and and it, I think it's probably just the, the dynamic of the mother and the daughter. Honestly, I mean, they don't really have a healthy relationship whatsoever. It's not just and, that, but okay. <laughs> and um, I mean, I for one, I for one, I really do like the performances in this movie. I mean, you know, Frances McDormand. Um, I know her from Transformers. Sorry, <laughs> she's been on other things. She was, she you know, for those of you guys who don't know her, she's no, she was in Fargo. She's in Miss City Burning, mm-hmm. almost famous. Burning after reading. She's in those movies. And for those of you guys who don't know what this movie is about, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. It's about a mother who has three billboards by her house. And it's basically questioning, like, why the police haven't solved her daughter's murder. And, like, why haven't they cut the killer? Um, so it's about how the town is basically against her and wants her to take down these billboards. And I, for one, really like the story. It's a dark comic drama. Um, I think, like I said, I think the performances in this movie are great. I think Frances McDormand does does give a great performance. Um, I think she could be up for an Oscar. I don't yes. know. I think she, she could is be up. a major contender. I think she could be up for an Oscar. Um, I think she does a really good job in this movie. Woody Harrelson, I would not be surprised if he's up for supporting. He does a really good job as well as well as Sam Rockwell. With um, how well this movie is being received, I could see those two, but I would disagree. But I, mean, I can see, see that. Them, I, I agree with Frances McDormand. She is impact. She's she's phenomenal in this movie. You can't fault her at all in this movie. She is brilliant. I'm, I would I would even give Sam Rockwell a, an edge over Woody Harrelson because there wow. is something that happens with his character, <laughs> and you're like, wow, that's crazy. So I mean, there's it, great performances, and I will say that the cinematography in this movie is really good. I, I've been I've been to Missouri. I used to visit Missouri all the time. I personally haven't been to Ebbing, but I will say. Because I've been in the state, I don't know what the state looks like. I've even lived there for a few months. I will say that it does capture Missouri really great. Um, I have I, a question for you, man. Yes. Because this is something. I, look, I'm full disclosure. I have gone hunting for reviews for this movie. I want to understand why people like this movie. So one thing in particular, because I did find like a um, pretty well known or a, a pretty established critic who doesn't like the movie. And I was like, okay, finally someone agrees with me. Um, and he had quoted somebody else's review in which it basically went on a rant about how this movie, it's basically written by somebody who only knows what people in the Midwest talk about or talk like based on what they've seen in movies. So as somebody who has lived in the Midwest more so than I ever have, do you feel like this captures the dialogue and the, the kind of things that, the way that people would speak there. That's just, I'm curious. I'm not, I mean, I'm just curious. Somewhat, kind of. I mean, I really didn't hang out with, like, those, with those kind of people. <laughs> I know. I mean, but... um, I mean, I mean, I'd say kind of, I mean, not, I mean, I'd say, like, a little bit. It wasn't something that's, like, I mean, it's over the, but this movie's over the top, though. Yes. Which is why I would say that, like, that's something that's, like, Fair. kind of, but not really. Because it's an over-the-top stuff. I mean, she's doing things that nobody would ever do. <laughs> and the cops are doing things that cops would never yes. do. You know what I mean? So it's just like, okay, I mean, it's over-the-top. And you, you just know like, going into this movie that this is an over-the-top kind of drama. And bit of a com- it, it's, like, that- it's a bit of a comedy, yes. but it has, it has <clears throat> concepts of a drama. And that's something I think I do want to, we need to establish. Because this is something, based on this trailer... And you disagree, but for me at least, when I watched this trailer, I did not think, oh, it's a dark comedy. I thought, okay, it's a drama, sure. This movie is a dark comedy. I think it's very much trying to go for these over-the-top characters, like you say, 
And for me, it didn't work, and I think part of the reason was I wasn't expecting it. So maybe I need to watch it again, but then again, I want to walk out of this movie, so I don't have any desire to watch this movie again. Um, I think so, you need to watch it again. Um, uh, I think I think this movie is really good, especially when it comes down to it. I mean, I, I really I really loved Frances McDormand as, as Mildred. Yes. I think she really did a great job. And I think... She's basically one positive, so... I think <laughs> you're absolutely ridiculous, Carlos. <laughs> I think the some of the dialogue in this movie is also very interesting. I think that most I think the the cast did a great job performing it. I think the script is really good. I don't know if it's necessarily gonna win best screenplay, but I think it's up there. Um yeah. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> um, all right. As for positives, I'll go real quick. Francis McDormand and a lot of the other performances. Performances is not the issue. Even if I didn't like the direction some of these characters were taken, performance is not the issue. Um, you're right, the cinematography, the, the movie is well shot, well paced, I would say, it's, um, it's, it's a decently well directed movie, and I'm not a huge fan of this director, I, in my opinion, of the movies I've seen, they've gone down in quality, <laughs> um, but, I, I really, I think, it's not, it's not the performances, it's not the direction, it's, for me, it's the script, I, I just was not a fan of this script. So, unless you have any other positives, you, I will take it away here. Go ahead. I'm ready to debate. <laughs> I, I don't like the tone of this movie. I, I really don't. And, and it, you're right. You're you fully right. It could be that, it's just that I wasn't expecting it, so it threw me off completely going in. And that's possible. But I just I didn't like the tone of this movie. And I don't like the fact that this material that we're dealing with, this is very... And I get that that's kind of what dark comedies are. It's dealing with very morbid and serious things in a comedic light. But for me in this movie, it just did not work. They completely misfired for me. Uh, there's, this movie has things that it just doesn't address. There's things in the movie that if they had something interesting to say about it, then good. You can, you can put it in that tone, whatever, but they didn't say anything about it. There is a extremely racist cop in this movie that he's just racist. Okay. He's racist. We don't say anything about it. We, there's a couple of comments made towards him, but it's never really addressed as a theme in the movie. It's just something that, that's something about his character. He's racist. And it's like, it's also kind of played up to be funny. And there's also elements of police brutality in this movie that are played up very comedically, and I'm like, I'm sorry, this is not funny, and you're not saying anything about it. And the character who does it basically flips a switch, and then all of a sudden, he becomes a main protagonist in this movie. And it's just like, what? I, I, it did not work on any level for me, and his character in particular did not work on any level for me, and he's the biggest problem for me. There's also Peter Dinklage is also in this movie. Uh, he has randomly becomes a bigger part of this movie towards the end. He is not at all for the first half of this movie built up to be any sort of main character in this movie. And then all of a sudden he becomes so, and then they randomly say something about that. Maybe she's being prejudiced because she doesn't like him because he's a midget or whatever. It's like, what? Like it randomly comes out of nowhere. And there is a line of dialogue in this movie that is the moment. And I've talked, I mentioned it to you already, but it is the moment where I wanted to walk out of this movie. And it's pretty much, typifies the entire my entire problem with the way this script is written. I and I get that it's the point that these are over the top characters, whatever. But I this is even worse with the fact that this is not how human beings talk or react to any of these situations. 
Like, Francis McDormand's character is completely irrational when it comes to the police chief. And her character in the flashback that we randomly get with the daughter is ridiculous. And their dynamic is ridiculous. There's a line of dialogue in between the two of them that I'm like, nobody says that. In that way, at least. I've heard similar, like, it's like, because basically, all right, it's a flashback. Obviously, the main plot of the movie is that the daughter is dead, right? So it's a flashback to the night the daughter leaves. And it's their argument. And she's like, arguing with her. And she's like, well, I guess I'll walk then. And she says, and this is very, very rough, so I apologize. But she says, I hope I get raped. And then the mom responds to her, I hope you get raped too. What? Uh, and I look. get, look, I, okay, I, I'll let you go in a second. I get, I get it, right? I get that, that sometimes people say stupid things. And I, I've heard similar things said to that. But that's just, it puts it in a place where I'm like, nobody says that. If she would have said, you changed one word into two, then this, that, that line is completely fine for me. If it's like, what if I, then it's completely fine. Because then it makes sense. That's a, something that human beings say when they're upset. It's a stupid thing that people say. But I hope I, What? It's just, it's a, no, yeah, but nobody still, says that. Yeah, but there's still things that people say. I mean, I'm not going to go ahead that, and say nobody that. Nobody says that. I'm not going to go ahead and say nobody, nobody says that. I mean, there's, there's been things that I've heard and I'm just like, okay, that is just absolutely <laughs> insane. I never thought I would hear it, <laughs> but I did. And it's not in the freaking movie. So I'm not going to go ahead and say that nobody says that. But I mean, and it's not necessarily meant That's to That's when I wanted to, to walk out of the movie for It's me. not that. <laughs> I, I just look. I'm not saying. Look, I don't. I don't. I didn't like this. I didn't enjoy this scene for that particular reason. But I will, what what I will take from that scene is Meldred is the way she is because of that scene. She is angry at the fact that she, that she didn't have a great relationship with her daughter. She's angry at the fact that she said that to her daughter. She's angry at the fact that that's how it is. And the only thing that she wants, the only thing that she can give her daughter, is to solve her case. She knows that she wasn't a great mom. She knows that she she was a bad mom. And that's what we get from this movie is the current theme that she also was not a great mother to her daughter. Um, which is why I also really loved this. Which is what, what I got, you know? Because we see Mildred crying in some of these scenes. She's just like, she's upset. She's upset that she hasn't gotten the killer. She's upset that um, people are trying to take down these billboards. Because like, the billboards are the only thing that's like that, that are left of her daughter. Do you know what I mean? So for me, I, I that didn't really that for me didn't really it didn't dock any points for me. I was like, okay, that's why she's what she is. She said something stupid. She didn't mean to say, it. and yeah, it was it was over the top kind of crazy. But there's things there's there's things that I've personally seen. I'm not proud of it. I mean, I have <laughs> but I mean, I've said I'm just like, whoa, I'm gonna leave because <laughs> I've, I've heard some stuff and I'm just like, that is absolutely. Didn't work for and me. Same. That's all I can say. It um, just did not work for me. I wanted to walk out. I thought that was horrible. It's just like I mean, it's a stupid line. It was a stupid line for me, and there's no way around it. And it's it's not. Ju- I don't want to focus just on that. To me, that just exemplifies the entire problem with the movie. None of these characters feel realistic to me. Uh, there's some things you're right. There's a lot of uh, regret themes of regret in there that I thought were interesting that they were actually able to touch on. So that's definitely a positive as well. There's some themes they're able to touch on. But ultimately, with how this movie ends up going, the direction it takes, what is this movie even trying to say? Like, I don't get what this movie is saying at the end of the movie. 
when we get there. And I know that's not really something you can answer right now because we're going spoiler free. <laughs> so I apologize for that. But I just, I don't think that thematically this movie works on almost any level. There's a couple things here and there, but. I, I, I have the fun in the movie, but I mean, I think it's, I think it's a pretty well written movie. I disagree. There is is crazy over-the-top stuff. There is. And if you can't handle that, then this isn't the movie particularly for you. Um, I wouldn't recommend this movie just to anybody. Um, There are some, you know, some themes in there just like, like Carlos said with the rape. If you cannot handle... It's not that I can't handle the theme. I just don't think that dialogue works. Okay, if you don't like the dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) But I I agree that there's definitely some... It's a dark... There's deals with dark material, so there's going to be things in there. There's dark material. There is some stuff in there. I... Lots of language, which is... (laughs) Which is actually in that review that I referenced earlier. Um, They're like... It's like they think that to make it sound like it's from the Midwest, you just say the F word every other word. It's like, that's not how people from the Midwest talk, and it's just, that's not a good way to write dialogue. It's just to say the F word every other word. That's how people in America talk. I'm just messing um, But no, it, it's... A lot of language in this movie. There's a lot of language in a lot of radio. I know, that's true, but this is definitely, I noticed it. It's like, it's like, and it's one of the dumbest things, too. I know. Can I get an effing bottle of water? What? <laughs> This is like, yo, can, can, can you hand me a bottle of water? Oh man! It's like, where's the hell? Where's where's that? Where's my effing phone? I'm just like, can't you just where your phone is? That's just our society. It is what it is. I mean, like, I, I mean, look, I curse all the time, but the only way it's logical. But anyways, anyways, we're not gonna get into yes. my language. But, <laughs> um, all right, let's just write this movie. Um, look, I'm gonna give this movie a solid nine point two. I think it's a Oof. good movie. I think it's a really good movie. I think Carlos should give it another shot. I think you should give it. You're talking okay, but nine point two. You're talking like masterpiece, one of the best movies of the year. You yeah. would say that. That's insane to me. And, but I know there's tons of people who agree with you. And that's look, look, I, look, I think most you should at least watch it again for, for it to be at like a solid 7. 7, 6.5. <laughs> it is not there right now. It's not there right now, but I think you should rewatch it again. Because it's at... Because, look, I got I got it was dark comedy just because of how like Woody Harrelson was acting and how she was acting and how this other cop was acting. I was Woody like, Harrelson's really good in this movie as well. Yeah. Um, I, I will be like, that's why I was like, okay, it's a dark comedy. I want to see it. I think it's going to be interesting. So I got the fact that it was going to be a, I, I thought it was going to be a dark dr- dramedy, basically. Wow. And that's what it is. It so, just I mean, did not work for me on any level. I've said my piece. This is a 3.9. You're absolutely This is a bad movie. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> Look. Look, this is a movie that I I just don't get, and that's fine. It is what it is. We have those every once in a while. There's definitely we've definitely come across that before. Not to this extent for me. <laughs> even look, I I don't know if I, there's ever been a movie like this where people are raving about it, and I just absolutely can't stand it. And this is that. Was that the green room for you, or did you just green, think green room. room was okay? Because I know, I know there was a crap ton of people raving about it. I would have to I see. You were just I, it look, I don't remember that movie, so that might speak to. It <laughs> <laughs> might speak to something. I would have to pull it up here. I can look up my score here, just a second. Um, but maybe I can't. I don't know. Anyway, um, that's definitely that's the closest I would get. <laughs> Either way, that's the closest I've gotten to that. Because even when we get to these situations where I'm like, I just don't get why people love this movie so much which Mad Max is one, Mad Max Fury Road is one of those, 
Uh, last year, Manchester by the Sea was That's that for me. Ridiculous. But it, I still acknowledge, I gave that movie an 8 point something, I think. I think. It, it was an 8 point something or 7 point something. I still was like, this is a very well-written, well-executed movie. It's just I, not my thing. There's definitely times where it's like that. But this is a different level for me. I'm telling you I want to walk out of this movie. And not just in that scene that I mentioned before. There were other scenes. Especially involving the cop. Where I'm just like, is it supposed to be funny that he's racist? I It just did not work for me. Is it supposed to be funny that he does what he does? Um, at a point in the movie, don't want to spoil it. But he does something very violent. I'm like, is it supposed to be funny? And then all of a sudden, I'm supposed to care about him? It's just, I did not work for me on any level. So, 3.9. That's where I'm at. Uh, it's a bad movie. <laughs> so... You have to decide which one of us you think you most your view most aligns with. If you wanna, if you're thinking about seeing this movie, with the, which with is the, what you have to do with all reviews, because there's always gonna be people with different opinions. With so. the with the cop, like I didn't like him at first, right? Because he was he was a complete dick. Yeah. Um, but it's played up for comedy, which is why. Uh, and he was <laughs> over the top. He was over the top. I didn't really laugh at anything that he did. I wanted him to actually die. Um, if I'm just being completely honest <laughs> with you, because I thought he was a dick. I'm not gonna lie to you. He was like. Because, you know, they were over-the-top characters, but he was over, over, over the top. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, I was like, okay. But as soon as what ha- as soon as something happened, he kind of, it changed. It, but it, it changed. comes out of nowhere. That's my point. And you're right. He does change. No, no, no. It, it just for didn't me, work. For me, it doesn't come out of nowhere because something happened in the movie. And I was like, okay. It makes sense for this to for this to happen in particular, you know? And I was like, okay. like I can understand that there's a complete 180. And I'm not going to say that, look, man, you're 100%, like, forgiven and everything's, like, forgiven and forgotten for, like, what you did. But, like, you're taking the right steps, I'd say, to get in there. And I, I liked, I like, I ended up, you know, respecting his character in the end. Agree to disagree. <laughs> you're ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and because I watched so many movies this week, we're moving on. Because I watched so many movies this week, I did not watch literally any TV. So I haven't watched a single thing. So don't spoil anything for me, but give me your highs and lows, Ozzy, before we or close it out. Um, highs will be This Is Us. Okay. It, this episode. And This Is Us is actually doing something kind of weird, and I'm kind of annoyed with it, but I understand what they're doing. Like, they're doing an episode, basically, like, Kevin. Kevin's episode was title number one. This episode with Kate was titled episode number, it's called, this episode was called number two. Yeah. And the next episode is going to deal with Randall, and it's going to be called number three. That's interesting. Um, interesting, but I'm annoyed because you know I wanted I wanted to finish I wanted to finish <laughs> Kevin's story. I was like Kevin, because Kevin, this is like some of the most interesting stuff I've ever seen from Kevin. Um, I say it was a good episode, really good episode. Um, it didn't really. This was this was the best. Like, if you wanted Toby to have a dramatic moment, this was it. Like this mm-hmm. episode gives it to you. And you you see Toby basically stepping, sticking up for himself, and you know you see Kevin, you see him, and you see Toby and Kate at odds. And you know this was this also just wasn't a Kate story. This was a Toby story as well. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed it, just getting to learn more about Toby and how he feels about everything that happened. Um, and you deal more with the relationship, not of Kate and her father, but you actually deal with Kate and her mother. So you do get a relationship there, which I'm interested. I really want to have more of a, I really want to get more of a relationship between the two. Because I feel like 
everybody raves about Jack, you know, and Jack's a great parent. He is. He's lovely. But while I was watching it with my friends, um, Dennis was actually saying that Rebecca is just not that great of a mom. He was telling me, he's just like, he was just like, I mean, she's all right. She's just not, she's just not great for the daughter. And I was just like, really though? So it's interesting. And I want to see more of the relationship between the, between Rebecca and Kate really play out more. I really do. I really do like their relationship and I want to see it. I want to see why they are the way they are towards each other. So um, there's that. I will say a low for me this week is Legends. Between Legends and Flash, I look. I mean, I, I yeah. so we're not moving in a strong. It's not a strong on its strongest leg moving into the crossover. It's not, and I, <laughs> I'm kind of annoyed with this whole. Like, look, I, I'll say these. I mean, these episodes haven't really been for all, like all the CW shows. I mean, these weren't really amazing CW episodes this week. I mean, Arrow was good. I mean, it was alright. I mean, I think you know. Cause just because by the crossover, Oliver gets his costume back, gets, gets come to Green Arrow again. But I just, I don't like the detective. I don't like the FBI detective that's, that's, that's like investigating him, like um, investigating him. I think she's unrealistic. I think she's straight bland. I think she's I a complete dick. Um, I It's just unreasonable as to why she's there. And I think it's really bringing the show down. Uh, I like the dynamic between the team. You do see a little bit of conflict between Oliver and Diggle. I'm not going to get into it because you haven't seen it yet. Um, as for Flash, they need to stop putting Iris in the freaking box. It's really agitating. But, all right. <laughs> that is it for TV, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, the CW shows are, they need to, they need to pick up a little bit. It's just not all that great right now. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I guess I have stuff to look forward to and not look forward to this week. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, at least you don't watch The Flash. At least you don't watch yeah. The Flash. It's one thing you don't have to worry about. Yeah, I'm just, I'm going to be really, just a heads up, I'm going to be really behind on TV in general as we move in the next couple of weeks just because I'm getting into the end of my classes, so it is what we it is. You still have to review The Punisher. Yes. Please. I have watched two or three episodes. That we gotta do that next week. Like not, we, I have not watched any. We gotta do it next week. I've been, I, I, actually, ironically, <laughs> ironically, I'm, I'm actually all caught up with Marvel's Runaways, <laughs> which we will have a review of the first couple episodes coming up because Jesse is watching that as well, which, so you guys can talk about. that. I had no idea that I was gonna watch that. I was like, nah, I'm gonna watch it, and then we just started watching because we're waiting for this is us. So I was like, oh. but it's interesting. I didn't know that Hulu, um, Netflix kind of just releases. Like the entire season mm-hmm. of the show, who doesn't do that? Who doesn't do that? For most of the things, sometimes they do. Um, there was one show that I'm planning on watching at some point that they just released all at once. Um, but yeah, for a lot of the things, they do it traditionally, which is fascinating. I quite enjoyed, especially for things like the Path, which is coming back in January. All right, um, Path's coming back, and I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Vikings coming back. I I know we're getting into finale season, but I'm also really excited for things that are coming back at this point. Uh, like Vikings, Nightfall, that new um, show about the Crusades on History Channel, which is the same channel that has Vikings, it's coming back. I'm really looking forward to that. That looks like something really cool. So. Tons of stuff. Tons of stuff. Way too I much stuff. Probably won't watch, <laughs> <laughs> but we will be watching a ton of movies. 
So, all right, guys. Carlos, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cheery456. And make sure you follow us all over social media, all at ScreenFellows. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, the website, everything. Awesome. And you guys can find me at CastroOzzy7 on Twitter. If you want to tweet me, tweet me up. <laughs> That's really Yeah, weird. get Ozzy on freaking Twitter because he needs to get on it more. I went on it for like a week. It was nice. It was nice. It was nice. <laughs> but I don't know. That's just, how we get the podcast out, man. You got to do it. I just feel, I just find it weird. You know, there's some emotional people on my Twitter. I'm just like, and then I'm, you know, me, follow them. Me, it's just as a person, I'm just like, well, what's wrong? <laughs> so I'm just like, what's wrong, them. man? You need help? <laughs> get you some help? You got to get, you, we need to get, all right, guys, you have to tweet at him because we got to get Ozzy involved in the movie world on twitter film twitter is the best twitter let's be honest so you got to get on freaking twitter because we need to converse with these things and get guests on the podcast yeah yeah for sure 100 percent. 100 percent. i'll get back on twitter what tweet at him tweet me up Jeez. hashtag <laughs> at him <laughs> at me bro and don't also bro. go at td about his hatred of thanksgiving food because he needs to be oh, yelled man. at for that oh this is going to be great. We come back on the podcast. It's going to be great. Um, if you guys have any recommendations, any TV shows, anything like that, just please feel free to email me at ozzy.castro at screenflows.com. Carlos, do you have a recommendation? Oh, yeah. Recommendations. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, me too. Um, I'm going to uh, go ahead and recommend Manchester by the Sea. A great movie. Still haven't rewatched um, it. You're ridiculous. I, I was actually thinking too. about buying it because it's Black Friday, man. Yeah. Why not? I think it's like nine dollars. All right, my recommendation is going to be um, because we're still. I mean, I know everybody. Thanksgiving's passed, and we're our people. Everybody's already moved on to Christmas, and that's fine. And tons of people already kind of skipped over Thanksgiving because people are ridiculous. And Ozzy's taking a selfie for Snapchat right now. But gotta do it for the fans. (laughs) It is. It is. Um, My recommendation is going to be one of the few. Thanksgiving movies. I know Christmas movies are all the way, but there is a Thanksgiving movie, and it's Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and that movie is even more funny than I remember it. You should watch it. Um, support Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Uh, get ready for it. Countdown to Thanksgiving. 364 days. <laughs> <laughs> so, do it. Uh, watch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, because it's a great freaking comedy, and it's hilarious, and John Candy is funny. So, that's what I got. Yeah, man. I agree. <laughs> For the most part. All right. We hope you guys enjoyed the show. Please feel free to listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Please write and review the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Also, check us out on YouTube. This is Screen Colors.